Welcome to the Creative Empire Podcast. Each week, Raina Pomeroy, the life and biz success coach, and Christina Scalera, the attorney for creatives, are taking you up close and personal with successful influencers in the creative community and tackling your biggest business hurdles. Their mission is to help you, creative entrepreneurs, think beyond your daily biz so you can make the brave decisions that build your creative empire. Hey guys, welcome back for another episode of the Creative Empire Podcast. Raina and I are here with one of my friends, but also a big influencer in the creative community, Jessica Rodriguez. Jessica is a business and visibility strategist. She's also the host of the Daydream Achievers Podcast and Movement, which serves purpose-driven women and helps them scale their online business from four-figure months to six-figure years. Welcome to the show, Jessica. I'm so excited to have you, and we're really excited to talk to you today about some pretty interesting topics, if I do say so myself. Yes, I'm excited to dive in. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. So before we got on air here and started recording, one of the things that we were talking about is you know the pivots in our business, and you were talking about your uh, former graphic design job and your decision not to choose freelance work and instead a different line of work. So can you give us the backstory for people that aren't familiar with you yet? Yes, absolutely. So for me, I kind of did that whole okay, you have to go to college, college is going to get you like the good job, all that good stuff. But there was nothing I was interested in except art, which of course, you're told you can't make money, like being an art major or anything like that. So I was so dedicated on proving people wrong, like, okay, if I have to get a degree, I'm going to get it in design, and I'm going to get this job. And that's exactly what I did. I got into an ad agency, I worked there about seven years uh, total before I became an entrepreneur. But it took about three months in for me to realize that this is way different. Like I wasn't able to express my creativity the way I wanted. So for me, that was a real struggle when I came from college of, yeah, like do your own projects, add your own spin, like it's all fun. And then I got into the quote unquote real world. And I felt like all everybody was doing was saying, make my logo bigger, make like the fonts on this smaller, make this. And I'm like, this isn't fun. Like, I don't feel like I'm being creative. And I tried to take on some freelance work, honestly, for myself. So it was, okay, I can make some money on the side, but I can kind of choose my clients where you can't choose them as a designer at an agency. That's not, you know, your job. And I started taking on these freelance clients and that still didn't work for me. Like, I still didn't feel like I was able to be myself. And I don't know if anyone else has experienced this, but when you are creative, you just have so many ideas. You're super passionate about what you do. And when you feel like you don't have that in your life, it's very hard to do your job. And once I started realizing that, okay, I'm in this position where this is my degree, this is my job, I was being well paid. So that wasn't necessarily an issue for me. But I'm not happy with this. Like, now what do I do? I'm supposed to be happy. This is what I like, I got to do what I wanted. So that's how, to be honest, like entrepreneur started for me or entrepreneurship is that I kind of fell into an online business by accident. So I was working at my job at the time, the recession was really bad for a lot of us. So for an ad agency, of course, we're getting cuts 
because that's one of the first things you cut as a client. So we're getting all these cuts and I'm experiencing what it's like to go through a recession. And while my job was quote unquote safe, I didn't really feel financially secure. So I was getting multiple jobs at the time to help build what we were losing as far as hours in the agency. And I started kind of experiencing social media. And at the time, it was just sharing my journey to health. So I was like, hey, why not? Right? Like, let me just share this and see what happens. And I started realizing that social media gave me a whole different way to be creative. Like, I got to be creative as far as storytelling. I was creating just fun graphics for myself to share with my audience. So it was like, I don't know, for some reason, I feel more inspired doing this than I do doing the design work. And that started to evolve into my first business where people were coming to me saying, hey, how are you achieving results on the health side of things? I'm like, people will pay me for this information? Like, what is going on? I really didn't know. And for me, it was such a big shift of my identity changing. Like, I am the designer. Now, all of a sudden, I'm a fitness chick, you know, online. And I started to step into that. And what began to develop, and we could talk about the different, you know, businesses and how we transitioned was, seeing that you can be creative in so many different ways than than just design or maybe just photography for some people, you know, whatever it is, sometimes there's different ways that you can express that creativity for yourself. I was just going to say just so people are going to hear you and say, yes, I've been there. I am there right now. And so I think this is going to be a great conversation. Yeah. So what are some of the ways that you know, you're really passionate in our private talks. I know that you're really passionate about watching these businesses go from really struggling, not knowing how to make money, or if they are really, actually, they are making money, but they're not making profit. So it's a lot of revenue, but not profit. And you're really passionate about taking them from a place of revenue generation to profit generation. I know in our own mastermind that we're both a part of, you've been really encouraging and helpful in showing that like some of the stories that I had around things that I thought didn't work actually do work like Facebook ads. And so you were really instrumental in me taking another shot at that and practicing those. What are some of the things that you see some of the limiting beliefs that and or stories that you see in the in this creative industry, where people are telling themselves something or maybe they're like, investing, quote unquote, in something that really isn't an investment, but an excuse? Uh, That's a great question. And you know what, one of the things I think was one of my strengths starting out. So if we're going back to like, whoa, you have to become a profitable business when you're really just getting your feet wet is the fact that we had so much debt at the time, we were over $100,000 worth of debt building my business. It wasn't like, oh, I can just invest in all these things because it really was not an available for me. But what I learned to do in that time was to really focus on like, what are the core things that I need to be doing each day in order to build this business? And it wasn't focused on all the things like I don't know. It was more of, okay, I know that people need to know, like, and trust me. So how can I do that? I can build connection. I can do that for free, right? I can post on social media each day. I can share what's going on behind the scenes. Like, All I know is my truth, so I can share that. I can ask for the sale, which a lot of people aren't doing, especially at the beginning, because we're so afraid of what's going on. And then 
I can really be aware of what I'm making in my business and choosing what investment needs to go out at a given time based on my profit, which I learned this later in the game. And I had to like go back and fix this because at the beginning it was very easy to go. We don't have the money to do this. And then it was like, Oh, we have the money spend, 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 spend. Everyone online is like, you can't be successful unless you invest. And like, and they all say it to invest in their one thing, right? So it's like, so you buy all these one things. So what I had to do and what I'm very adamant about now is not only tracking what's coming in in your business, but making sure one, before you invest in anything in your business, are you doing the daily activities that you know you need to be doing to grow? Because if you're just investing, but you're not taking action on anything in your business, we already have a problem because you're not going to get an ROI on anything you do. So are you doing sales generating activities? It may be sending an email to your list about an offer. It may be posting on social media. It may be if you're hosting a podcast, right? Like, are you doing something that's generating sales each day? If so, great. Then the next thing is seeing what is coming in and going, all right, like how much do I feel comfortable putting into a business investment? So maybe it's 30% of whatever you're making because you're not used to making it anyway. So taking that 30% and saying, okay, now based on everything I see in my business, where is my biggest weakness right now? And you can list all of them out, right? We all have weaknesses. But if we list all of them out and say, which one is impacting me the most right now, that's what I'm investing in. So is it your sales skills? Because, you know, you're starting out and, and you're nervous and you don't know what next action to take. Is it your time management, which is a big thing starting out like that's worth investing in so that you actually can set a schedule to sit down and work and get what you need done. So starting to really be aware of what your weaknesses is and not trying to solve them all at one time, but going, okay, one at a time, what do I need to invest in with the money I am purposely pulling out of my income. So this forces you to make money first to get out there and get a little scrappy, right? Like go do the actions you need in your business. And then from there, start pulling that and being aware of how much you are pulling from your business to invest. And hey, do I have a mindset of every investment I need a return from and seeing those numbers and how they play in your business? I'm like shaking my head yet. Like, yes, absolutely. Yes. I think there are some investments at the beginning that you do have to make, but I think a lot of people spend a little bit frivolously and say, I have to learn all these things. What do you think they are? What do you think the investments? Like the investments? Yeah. I think the investments could be like whatever it costs to get a minimum like website situation up. I think it might be, I think it's different for every business because it's a little bit, you know, I don't like product-based business might be different than, you know, my business. And like a photographer might need like more equipment than I do. But I think in your business, whatever the minimum thing is that you can later upgrade, that is, that's totally an opportunity, right? So for me, I didn't have a website for four months after I launched. I had, I didn't have any recording equipment. I had my computer from college. I did invest in coaching. Which she actually so, just had until like recently, right? Like, oh, like it's, it's still kicking. I didn't even buy a new computer. I just buy a new iPhone. So <laughs> yeah, it's like eight years old. It's terrible. 
you don't need to buy all these fancy things in order for it to, you know, your business to work. I had a whiteboard, which is not really an investment. I didn't buy B-School like everybody did. <laughs> That's like a weird thing to say. But like, I felt like everyone was on that train. I was like, I don't, I have FOMO for not buying it. But at the same time, I'm like, I feel like I'm scrappy and I can figure it out. So yeah, I don't know. Don't buy all the things is kind of my point. What are your must invest or don't worry about it at the beginning investments? So some things I always see across the board, like within the industry that I'm in is first, like totally agree with you is the website. So what people will do is say, oh, like I need a website because you mentioned B-School, let's say Marie Forleo, like I want a site just like hers. So then they hire somebody, they spend a few grand, they build this whole site. And then in three months, they realize Uh, I wasn't super specific with my business or my branding or anything like that. So they spend all that money, which becomes a big waste and the waste of time that goes through it. And then it goes, oh my God, I have to go redo all this again. Now what? Well, now you have to pay all over again. That doesn't feel good. Same thing with design. So if you're hiring a designer, and I'm sure anyone who has a design background can vouch for this, and you don't know what you're talking about or what you represent yet, and you bring that to them, they're just working with the best that they can because it's like, well, they're not really telling me anything about their business. So you have to get clear on some of these things before you're just pumping out this money. So even my own brand did not look the best. I'm going to be totally honest going out there, but I'm like, you know what? Done is better than perfect. I just need to show up. I just need to do this. Same thing with my website. I actually have a screenshot of it and it's awful. I'm like, you know what? It was there. I just did a one pager and was like, hey, at least I have a presence and I don't really care about the rest. Same thing with photo shoots. So Yes, I completely agree in hiring. I'm very big on like quality photography and everything like that. But if I didn't have the money to invest in it, like I do now, I'm about to travel to get my photos redone. Like I just, you spend this money. And then if your brand changes or you realize that, oh, I actually would have had her do something totally different that's not the photographer's fault, right? So you just spent that money and now you have to redo your shoot. So I find a lot of times people have to like redo things over and over in their business because they didn't just like prosper where they were planted at the beginning. And instead they were trying to jump to the Marie Forleo's or the Amy Porterfield's or whatever, right? In your industry, not realizing you're seeing them 10 years plus down the road. So instead, what if we make investments that are best for you? So your website hosting, right? So like these simple things like that, your email service provider, let me start collecting email addresses so that I have them and I can develop that relationship with five people so that when it is 5,000 and 15,000, I'm used to sending emails. You know, those start those investments at the beginning, make them actually work for you. One of the things that comes up for me as you're saying this is that like everything doesn't have to be perfect at the beginning. And then also the second thing is like you have to know yourself enough to be able to present yourself externally, like to the external world. So if you haven't done a lot of reflection, you don't know what your brand's going to be about. And the brand isn't just your logo. It's the whole presence, right? And so if you haven't done that thinking, just putting out a flashy website that isn't actually you is not going to serve you. So I love what you're saying. 
Thank you. I'm glad that we're kind of clarifying this for people and giving them permission. It's not about shaming them if they've made these investments. For me, it's about like showing them that you don't have to have all the money in the world in order to start a business, really. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And it's, okay, what are the things that, like I said, the bare minimum of what you need to do to get your business up and running? It's okay. Like it's okay to quote unquote, just have your email list cost, your website, and, you know, maybe you need some, like a cheap, I have like a $10 light. And this is even at this point in my business for my YouTube type of stuff. And it's like, that's okay. Like, that's where I'm at right now. If I do decide to do some like super high quality, I'll go get the lighting, I'll get what I need. But even at this point in my business, like being very aware of what it is that you truly need, and what's like kind of your ego talking. So, oh, you're not going to be successful unless you have X. If I find myself saying that, I won't buy it because that's buying out of fear, not actual necessity in your business. Preach. Okay, cool. I love this. And this might be applicable for photographers who are like, I want to upgrade my camera. <laughs> right? It's like, don't do that till you've made that money or um, whatever. Like, Use what you have, do what you can, and then make some money from there. Love it. Okay. So let's move right along. And like your platform, tell us a little bit about what you're working on now. And like, how does life look at this point in your business? Yes. So we have definitely gone through an evolution. And I say we because my husband is silently along for the ride. <laughs> I'm getting to experience right the whole journey. And anyone who has spouse or significant other totally knows how that goes. Whether they're an entrepreneur or not, they get roped right on into the goods. So when it comes to it now, I really focus on the strategy side of business, but doing it in a way that really does work for you. Because here's what I found continuously that goes on in the online space is you're being sold things every day, right? Like there's no question about that. And a lot of it does feed into, okay, I need to earn more. I need to work more. I need to do more, 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 because that's how I reach this goal, whatever it is. And so many times what I see is that People are rushing for a goal that's not even their actual goal. It's what they feel they should do. So uh, yes, I help people scale to six figures beyond in their business, but I'm very, very um, focused on the fact that your journey to six figures may be totally different than mine, totally different than somebody else's. And we're not going for that goal because it sounds really cool on a highlight reel. Um, we're going for that goal because you do want to create this lifestyle of freedom and you do want that money to be able to serve the world in a big way. You want to be able to, yes, like pay your bills, do what you have to do, run a successful business and really live out the life that you want. And yes, you do need money to facilitate that and there's nothing wrong with it, but starting to help women actually build businesses that fuel their life instead of lives that fuel their businesses, which is what happens when people start to chase the wrong version of success. And it doesn't matter what business it is, you're going to see another photographer that has more bookings or more this. And if you compare yourself to them, you may not want their life. You may not want their travel schedule. You may not want every weekend at a wedding, right? Same thing with service-based. Sure, you can sign on 20 clients, but 20 clients to me is absolutely exhausting. So I switched my business this past year. We realized in 2016, 80% of my income was one-on-one. -on -one. So we said, you know what? I'm going to flip it. Why don't I make 80% of my income passive 
and 20% one-on-one, which most people are like, you can't do that. Why not? My business, do what I want. So (laughs) switching that has been, it's been one heck of a ride. I'm going to tell you that, right? Like, because yeah, what does that look like? Yeah, it's been switching. First, it was my mindset, to be honest, because those first few months and anytime you change directions in your business, your mindset is going to play so many games with you, right? Are you crazy? What if this doesn't work? And I had to like lean into that discomfort. And if you experience this in your business, trust me, it's not going to feel good. It did not feel good. But it's that trust. You know what, what I'm doing right now doesn't feel right for me in my business. This isn't the kind of schedule or lifestyle or whatever it is for you. It's just not what I want. So I have to be willing to change. So first was really being aware of my mindset. And second was to start setting up some serious systems in my business. So if you say, okay, we're switching to 80% passive. Well, first we need to have actual offers. So I needed to look at my clients who I've worked with, what are all of the common issues that they are having? And I started one by one launching these offers in my business, which were programs that were all betas. So it was, okay, let me go ahead and put that out there, make sure people are going to buy it, I'll do a round and then turn it into a funnel. Okay, next one. Let me do that. Let me test webinars and see if that works. If not, okay, scrap that. That's not the best way to promote it. We'll go to a five day challenge. Like it's been a year of testing, but now we completely have, you know, all of these funnels we have right now. I'm looking at my board. We have six different funnels running in my business that are bringing people to everything from programs. We launched a membership community, which I'm obsessed with. Um, Like all of these things are now all automated, but we're doing this interview, you know, as of us talking is like nine months into the process. So now we're starting to see the effects of everything of oh, you did it. It was definitely not an overnight. So I want to kind of stress that with any change in your business that it has been a lot of testing and tweaking. It's like you had a baby. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> it's like nine months to grow into this thing. But you really have been super inspirational to me because I always thought that systems and like passive quote unquote funnels were a myth or they were for someone that was very established, not for somebody that was kind of like in between. Like I felt like I was in between, like they were for somebody like Russell Brunson, right? Like click funnels. That makes sense. That's who those funnels are for, but not for like the beginners. And now I look back and I'm like, wow, we, I could have implemented funnels so much earlier. And if you don't know what we're talking about, when we're referring to funnels, everybody has funnels. It's just a matter of how poorly executed or how well executed they are and how much attention you pay to them. So your funnel might just look like you have a contact page on your website, and you're trying to get as many people as you can to your website, and then hopefully they'll click on your contact page and book you. That could be your funnel right now. What the kind of passive funnels that Jessica is talking about, what she's referring to are like, Maybe you run a Facebook ad and that Facebook ad leads to a landing page that has very few texts on it, maybe a little video explaining what you're doing there on that landing page and then a a call to action. So a very loud button that says like, click here to get this free download. I'm sure you guys have all seen it, but if you're not familiar with a landing page, that's what we're talking about here. So that's the start of the funnel, right? And then on the back end of the funnel, the part that 
not everybody gets to see because a lot of people get, right, it's called a funnel because it's like, it literally is in the shape of a funnel. There's a lot of people at the top of it. Then there's a little bit less that end up on that landing page. And then there's a little bit less that actually opt in and click through and make it to the thank you page to get whatever opt in or freebie or webinar or whatever that you've promoted on the landing page. And then there's even less that end up at the bottom of the funnel that purchase your offer. So it's a math game in a way because you have to get enough people into the top of the funnel to get the number of people at the bottom of the funnel that you want. But it's also something where it's very controllable. Like you can look at your funnel, you can look at where, where you're losing people. You might see that like, you have a ton of people that are landing that are coming from your Facebook ad to your landing page, which tells you your your Facebook ad is the bomb. But then you like only whatever 13% of the people that land on your, your landing page are converting. And that that could mean that there's like a mechanical problem, like something's not connecting. It could also mean that maybe your offer just isn't very compelling, like they got there and the graphic design was really poor, or like just something tipped them off that this wasn't a good offer for them. So they left. So that's kind of what we're talking about here with the funnels. If, I just wanted to just yeah, pop in, Christina, really for quickly for our people who are newer this might sound real sexy. Be like, oh yeah, I can just like chill by the beach and make my money and like, it's going to be cool. Jessica just told us it took us, took her nine months to put this system in place. And what I'm guessing is that there's several years before that where she was honing her message, getting her stuff out there, have like growing a list, having any products to even sell to people And then the nine months happened. So yes, it sounds sexy, but I think that you can use funnels in a different way for product or even service-based businesses that that shortens that timeline a little bit so that you are getting leveraged income, not necessarily passive income. So let's increase the number of great inquiries into your business, right? Qualified leads, warm people, hot people who are ready to buy, right? People who want to book your services, want to buy your product, increase more of those instead of like getting just randos on your website and then like nurturing those people so that they do become buyers at some point. So that's kind of what I would like just caution people to think about instead of thinking about like, oh, I need this passive thing. Like what's the $29 book that I'm going to sell or the $300 course that I'm going to sell. Instead, think about it in terms of like, how can I shorten the time span of my like dating relationship (laughs) with this person so that I can start selling or like actually like sign a contract with them. What, what do you say about that, Jessica? Like, sorry, I didn't mean to like cut this conversation off. But no, I just I'm, wanted to, I just wanted put, to make sure that they knew there. like what a funnel was. And no, for, for some sure. People, that's going to be elementary. But yeah, I would I would love for Jessica to expand on this topic. Yeah. And you know what? It's funny because I just came from a conference and I was sitting down with someone and I think this is going to go well for a lot of people listening as well. And she goes, I'm just starting my business. I'm working on getting consistent, like showing up on social media. And I know I need an opt in. I need, And she started listing all of these things, right? That she needed, like we all do. <laughs> we always have a to-do list, right? So she started listing all these things. I'm like, hold on, hold on. What are you selling? Like, what is your thing? Let's back up. And she goes, well, I'm still kind of navigating that. And I'm like, don't create a funnel, right? Because some people actually use that as a crutch of, oh, I'm going to be able to sell once I create this funnel, but they don't actually know what they're like, stance is on their brand or they haven't tested the offer yet. So I've seen people rush to a funnel, but they haven't actually sold anything organically yet. So they rely on a funnel to do something that they aren't already doing. So what I always suggest is, yes, like 
go out, sell your program, product, your service as it is, you know, get to know people on social media, build your audience. Yes, you can have them come into this free opt-in, which is a free piece of content. Or if you're more of a photographer service base, obviously we're getting leads in from your contact page. And then from there, Let's focus on the nurture piece first and getting to know people, getting them used to hearing your name so that when you do create an offer, you already have this list to go ahead and share it with to kind of do this beta, so to speak, of that offer and then go from there. Because I think a lot of times people are sold on funnels being this this magic pill, right? So it's as soon as I do a funnel, I will have leads coming in. But the truth is, if it's a cold lead, you're looking at one to 3% of a conversion rate. And I don't think a lot of people know that. And then they get very disappointed that, oh, there's 30 people that came into my funnel. And oh my God, like 15 of them didn't buy. Well, 15 of them are not going to buy (laughs) um, right away, right? Like you're not going to have a 50% conversion rate on a funnel. And it does take, you know, tweaking and infusing your brand. So the more you get familiar with your services and what you provide, the easier it is to create your funnel. But know that the statistics behind it cold market is still one to 3%. So don't be misled as, oh my God, I just need to create a funnel and it's just going to be so sexy and all my programs are going to sell and everything's going to like fly out the door. Not necessarily. I'm wondering though, isn't it, I'm going to play devil's advocate here, but isn't it a catch 22 a little bit? Like you need to sell something. So you need to get people onto your list. So you, you need to figure out what the offer is going to be. It's really hard, I feel like, when you're getting started to get that little momentum. So what, what were some things that you did in the beginning? It sounds like you worked with clients, created something that you knew would be useful because it was essentially what you were doing one-on-one, and now it's at scale because it's in you know a worksheet or a course or something like that. And that's how you develop the product. So does everybody have to start with services? Or like how do you get out of this catch-22 like circle of not selling. Yep. So if you are just starting out and it's okay, I don't really have such a huge following. It's not like I have a ton of people on my list. What I suggest and what I love doing, and I did this as well in one of my previous businesses was, okay, I'm just going to start a list with this free piece of content that I feel my ideal clients would really need. So let's just start with that. And then it was this nurture sequence. So three emails, let's say that let them know a little bit about my story, add a little value based on that topic. And I would start collecting these emails saying, I'm just going to reach out to these people once a week to just have them get to know me. And then what I did from there is when I knew, all right, there's an offer I want to put out there. Like I'm ready to create an offer. Then I would send a survey to those on my list and get their actual feedback as far as what they're struggling with, what they've tried in the past, because I want to know what's not working for them. I'll use that in my promo copy. And then also ask them what they believe the solution is, because people only pay for what they, they believe is the solution. We know what it actually is, and usually they're spending all their money in a different area. So I like to get to know that first, because once I get those survey responses, I can evaluate, okay, the offer I'm thinking of, I'm going to hold it on the right side. What they're actually saying is on the left side. Do those match? If so, I'm going to go sell that offer to that list that I've just created. If not, 
okay, I need to tweak this. Perfect. I want to make sure I sell them. So I sell them something they actually want. So this gives me not only a list of even warmer leads, right? Because they did the survey to tell me what they needed. But also I got a better feel of what those initial people come into my list really are looking for. Okay, so we have this game plan in place, roughly, you know, where do you start to get some ideas for that first product then? Like, do you survey your audience if you're not working in services on like, if you're not working service based stuff first? Do you just kind of like, put a couple out that you think are going to be a good idea? Do you like, stalk some Facebook groups? Like, where do you get some ideas for some of your products? And like, at least hone in on on what would be maybe a valuable resource for people? Yep. So I typically start with my strengths. So what are two to three strengths that you know you already have, right? You're starting your business because you do have a strength in one area. And then since I have those three, what I'll start to do is go on a little, especially if you don't have an audience yet, you go on a little bit of a search, which can be super fun to do at any point, honestly, in your business before you're able to do market research is, let's say we go into Facebook groups. If I was looking in there, I would put because I do a lot of visibility work. So I can search social media, I can search list building, I can search passive income, and just see what people are saying. Because a lot of times I like to see the conversations already existing. And then I copy and paste that information onto a Google Doc, like, okay, here's everything people are saying about their struggles on social media. So I can look there, I can also look on Amazon. So if there's already people which there are in your industry that maybe they've written a book on that topic. People are very vocal in the reviews about what's missing for them. So you can look there and see, okay, like there's where the gap is. People aren't getting served in this way. My audience, right? Because my audience would also be reading this book or in this Facebook group. And then the other thing is if you're going on just straight Google, like doing the research as far as other people in your industry, what, offers do they have not to copy it, but to see how are they serving their audience, and then looking at your strengths and going, okay, based on there, what can I start with? So I essentially just pull one strength out and go, okay, like, based on all the feedback I'm getting, now I'm going to start to develop something from there. I really like your suggestion to check out Amazon. It's one I've heard before, but I always overlook it, you know, to especially look in those reviews and see what's missing. And this would be a great thing to, to pull content from, it sounds like, too, if you're struggling with content ideas. Have you ever done that? Have you ever created like a, a blog post or Facebook Live and just seen it have a lot of engagement and you're like, wow, I wasn't expecting that and repurpose it maybe as a product or, you know, did you do that yet? Yes, that's actually how my very first program was created because I wasn't sure stepping into this business right away. It was like, I know a lot of my strengths are around like, productivity, time management, like helping people get, you know, more done in less time, but I didn't know what that meant yet. So what I started doing as I was doing a lot of blog things about like apps that were helping me save time or the planners I was using to structure my time because that's where I was at at the point. And I started seeing that those blogs were getting a lot more traffic than other ones. So I went, all right, there's definitely a need here, which then took me into groups of seeing where people were struggling at the time. It was time while working and building a business. So, okay, like there's people that don't know how to find the time to build their business at the same time that they're working full time, which I think that's a strength that a lot of people have because you don't have all the free time to fill with busy work. So once I started seeing that, I went, 
okay, I'm going to build and it's a tripwire in my business, which is essentially just like a very intro offer that you give for a lower price to kind of build that no like trust factor. So I have a program, it's called Distraction Action and it's 27 bucks. So it's like, that was like the starter thing of, I see there's a need, let me step into it. Not with like this huge 997, you know, $2,000 offer because I don't even know if I'm ready for that at that point in my business, but let me do a small little offer, get that traction. A lot of those people became my first one-on-one clients. This is huge because it, again, this is like just another way to break that catch 22 cycle is like, even if you don't have a huge audience or, you know, an existing base of clients or customers or, you know, blog readers or whatever, you still have everything at your disposal. It sounds like to start creating these things. One of my problems when I started creating these, you know, systems, if you will, or funnels or whatever you want to call them, one of my problems was like, and and to this day, it's still a problem, like mapping it all out. Are there any tools or is there anything that you have that you offer your audience that would be like, that would help them with this if they were interested in learning more about it? Yeah, I actually do have a funnel template that I can share with this you guys. This is so not um, scripted, but I'm really excited because you have everything. I figured you have something. <laughs> <laughs> I am like obsessed with like checklists and I'm a visual learner and that's probably the creative side of me. So I always assume like everybody else likes to see it like laid out. So I geek out when it comes to funnels. I'm like, look, I'll draw all the boxes and how they connect and like all these things because that's how I learn. So I'll absolutely give you guys that download if you guys want um, to add in the show notes, but it will take you through every funnel I create essentially has a core of five emails. So I know that I can take them from that free offer to a sale throughout that. And then which the template will show you as well, if I want to add things down the road, remember, like, done is better than perfect. We can always add things later. Then I have options for, okay, I can upsell if they buy something to the next option or I can downsell. So, okay, they didn't buy this. Let me give them a less expensive option that they can do. So those are things you can graduate into, but at the beginning, yeah, let's keep it super simple with a a funnel and go through these initial core emails that lead them from free to paid. I think this is such a great conversation and like people can aspire to get to this point, right? Like even if they're not here yet or they're being triggered by, oh my gosh, all this stuff that I can't even do right now. What do you feel like, like having made the decision to switch the 80-20 to 20-80, what is that allowing you to do in your life? Well, I will tell you, I am training for my very first marathon, which is by the time this episode ends, like, Somebody check me out and make sure I'm still alive because I'll have run the marathon by then (laughs) to make sure like everything I'm still like uh, a walking human. But here's the thing, like that takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of energy. So that alone was a goal I would not have been able to do in my business before because I just didn't have the time to go run for two and three hours, which still sounds insane to say. But also with that, I, I wake up in the morning. I don't start my business till 12. Like I have that it takes, I always joke, like it takes me four hours to love the world in the morning, like before I'm like a functional human to show up. So once I started learning that, I'm like, why am I forcing myself to like wake up early? Why am I like making myself do things that I don't want to do? This is my own business. So when I flip that, it was no, I don't take any calls. I don't like I'm making sales. I have my funnels running. Like it's okay to sit back and allow my business 
to be easy. Like, and I don't want to say easy, like, oh, like, you know, I never go through anything or whatever the case. But for me, that's ease, like to not have so many calls on my schedule to sit down and just produce content, right? And that's something I enjoy. I'm creative at heart. Like I want to be able to put things out into the world. So I can spend my time, which 12 to five are like my business hours, where before I was working like 10 to 16 hours a day, because I was trying to do all the calls. Plus, I was still creating content, because if you have all these clients in, then anyone knows who does any kind of client type work, you always need more clients. So what do you do to keep getting more clients? You have to do that work on top of working with all your existing clients. So that meant that my days were a lot longer. So now I have way more time for myself than I probably need, but I'm enjoying all of it. And whether it's running or hiking or just going to the mall during the week, because who wants to go to the mall on the weekend when you're an entrepreneur, like that's what I can do. I love that so much. I feel like a lot of people are going to be like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize I'm allowed to do that. So <laughs> do that. So one thing I wanted to like recap that you just said about like, it's easy. I think there's a difference between ease E and like easy, right? And then like you're saying lean into the ease part of that easy and what can you do from that place? Because I think you, I create better content when I'm in that place of ease. I, I, I'm like a better human when I'm in that place of ease. So like that's encouragement too. And like, what does it look like to be, have more ease right now in your day today versus like maybe in a month, what would life look like more ease there because you might make life decisions that are different based on what you want to feel in that space. So just a little encouragement for our listeners. All right. So Jessica, as we're wrapping up, looking back on day one, Jessica, or looking in the future, what would you tell yourself in the past or what does your creative empathy look like in the future? So I'm going to go to the past because I really think that the biggest thing I would have said is to put blinders on and stay in your own lane because the first few years of business, I was that entrepreneur that totally looked at what everybody else was doing, compared myself to people who had businesses that were like 20 years older than mine, right? Like I just compared myself to anyone. So anyone I thought was growing faster, doing more, whatever, and the truth you don't know the behind the scenes of anyone's business. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes of my business of, you know, like you really just know. So what you have to do, and I did not learn this for a while and, and it affected me is to trust yourself, right? Like we know the answer. So if something does not feel right for you in your business, there's a reason why just because it's for somebody else does not mean. Perfect. Oh my gosh. Now the clarity is perfect. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Jessica, and you've shared some amazing insight. Where can people go to learn more about what you're doing and see some of these funnels in action and learn with these great resources you've you've talked about here today? Yes. So I can be found over at thedaydreamachiever.com and also I'll send this over so you guys can get them in the show notes. But if you go to thedaydreamachiever.com forward slash funnel template, that will take you to exactly what we talked about, seeing how a funnel looks visually and really starting to give you ideas of what goes into each email. So you can start to go ahead and apply it to your business. And of course, I'm over on Facebook as well with a Facebook live show. So you can feel free to check me out over there at Jess DD Achiever. Thanks, Jessica. And for those of you listening out there, go build your creative empire. 
Are you ready to build your own empire? For more information, show notes, downloads, and tips on how to do it, head to www.creativeempire.co, where you can find out more about this week's episode and the two lovely ladies behind it all, encouraging you to build your own creative empire. If you enjoyed this week's show, it would mean so much to Raina and Christina if you could take two minutes to go to iTunes and leave a review. It's a little thing that makes a big difference for the show. 